This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hallelujah. Man, I am ready to preach tonight. I haven't got to do this here for a couple, two or three weeks, and I am ready, ready, ready. How many are ready to receive tonight? We're going to teach you tonight how to know the will of God in prayer. How to know the will of God in prayer. As a matter of fact, I wrote this out last Friday morning down in Nicaragua. I was going to preach it to the churches down there, but the Lord had me do a couple other things down there, so I went that direction. But I was looking at this this morning. I thought, man, this is so good. i got to preach this tonight. It's going to be good. I preached some of what I prepared here for them, so why not preach what I prepared for them here? We just have to adjust some things in them to make a difference for the two different cultures. But the Word of God never changes. The Word of God is always the same. I want to show you some things that... Uh, we have back there, we've got these things are called never again cards. We have a bunch of them on the information booth back there. Yet I've given a lot of them away out here. But I've been using these uh, since, ni- since 1980. When I first hooked up a Word Church back in September of 1980, my pastor was giving these out. And we've, we've reprinted over the years probably thousands of them. and get them out in our churches and to people everywhere. And they, they, they've got Bible verses in areas of victory that will help you to confess the Word of God and get it heart and get it in your mouth. And that's what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. When the word's in your heart and in your mouth, you get results. Amen. Amen. So that one's for Alice. I don't know if I ever gave her one or not, but Alice has one now. That's you. Elena, your aunt can give you one. <laughs> and then uh, here's a book called the Bible Promise Book. It's just loaded with scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. And if you don't know where verses are, you start reading this, you're reading the Bible. And it's so good. And then Probably to me, the best book I've ever read to help me on prayer is my brother Hagen called The Art of Prayer. The Art of Prayer. This book really shows you in detail, step by step, how to get a hold of the Word of God, the different kinds of prayers. There's lots of different kinds of prayers. The only prayer in the Bible is not the Jimmy prayer. Yeah. Amen. So somebody said, what's the Jimmy prayer? Well, the one that probably 90% of Christians pray. Hey, God, my name's Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. Or Lord, bless our, bless our four no more. There's more in the Bible than that. There's all kinds of different kinds of prayers. Anyway, that book there will really help you if you want to learn more about prayer. But uh, tonight we're going to be teaching about how you can know the will of God in prayer. As a matter of fact, do you got your Bible with you? If you do, hold your Bible up. Or if you have your Bible on your cell phone or on an iPad or something, just hold that up. And let's talk about it. Say, this is my Bible. This is the holy written word of God. This is my father talking to me through the words that he put in men's hearts that they wrote in the Bible. I am what my Bible says I am. I can do what my Bible says I can do. I can have everything, absolutely everything that my Bible says I can have. Now look at your neighbor and say, I agree with you. The Word of God is living mightily in you. And it shall come to pass at last. Amen. How many know you need patience? It'll come to pass at last. Okay, look at uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and verse 15. And you guys don't look a whole lot like Nicaraguans, but you know what? You really do. 
Amen. No, no. See, people think that people are different. Down in Nicaragua, there's every color, every shape, every size, just like there is in America. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. You get in some of these countries how much that we're all alike. But you know what? When God looks down, God looks on the inside. God sees what's in there, and God sees two kinds of people, either born again or unsaved. That's what God looks like. And what, whatever difference the package is on the outside, that's not what gets you to heaven or gets you blessed, is what's on the inside. That's what counts. Amen. So praise God for the different types of packages God put on earth. Isn't he good? Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Give Jesus a praise. First John 5, verse 14 and 15 says this. And this is the confidence that we have in him. If your confidence is not in him, your confidence is in the wrong place. If your confidence is in your job or in the government, or in some rich relative, or in some doctor, or some lawyer, or some preacher, then your confidence is in the wrong place. You need to believe in people God puts in your life. But your help comes from Him. This is the confidence we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. That's what he's talking about prayer. And so he says the way to know that God hears you is when you ask according to his will. And if we know that he hears us, how do we know that he hears us? He just told us. When we ask according to his will, we know he hears us. Whatsoever we ask. So then when we know that he hears us because we ask according to his will, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. He says we can have the confidence and know we have what we ask for. We ask according to his will. And I remember when I first got saved, I was single back in Indianapolis. And uh, the Lord opened up the door for me to rent this little upstairs apartment, this old woman's house. And she was like 77 and her boyfriend was 85. I remember the first time I met that old dude. Come there to look, had the house advertised and uh, walked up, knocked on the door, talked to this old woman, 77 years old. And she said, well, wait a minute, said, said, let my boyfriend come. I want him to meet you, too. So where's he at? Great big old two-story house, roof like that. He was up on top of the roof, working up there on the chimney, 85 years old. And then to beat all that, he dated her because they were serious Christians. They didn't live together. He drove 50 miles from another city down southern Indiana to come up and date her, 85 years old. Hey, but anyway, Mr. Wright, they were good Christian people. But I remember he would say all the time, because he really hadn't been taught the value of the Word of God, he would tell him, oh, if only I do the will of God. I say, Mr. Wright, it's in the Bible. That's the will of God. The Bible is the will of God. He say, if only I do the will of God. Well, you know what? There's probably Christians in here today that don't know the will of God for areas of your life. Amen. Well, he said right here, he said right here, if you guys anything according to his will, he heareth us. Well, the New Testament is called the will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, Before Jesus went to heaven, those words were recorded for the New Testament. Of course, they've been written over the years. But those are the will of Jesus Christ is to read the New Testament. This is reading the will. The Old Testament is the will of God for the Jews and for different peoples back in the Old Testament. And parts of it uh, transfer over to the New Testament. But the Bible is the will of God. 
If you want to know the will of God about sex, read the Bible. Not goofy laws that congressmen make. Read the Bible. God tells you how to have blessed sex. Well, I'm not going to get off on that one. But I remember, I remember the country was first starting to get really, really bad loose back in the 60s, 70s. When I got born again in 1980, I remember that's when AIDS and sexually transmitted diseases first started coming out. Well, I was a truck driver back then. I'll never forget a little cartoon I saw on this dispatcher's desk in the place I went to. little kid said, Grandpa, what did you and Grandma do back in your day for safe sex? He said, a wedding ring. Somebody say hallelujah. Hey, man, that's not even in there, but somebody need to hear that. So you got that, and it's not even in the notes. That's from God for you. If you want safe sex, get marriage and keep it right. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand again. Amen. He's helping people tonight. And so, and so he said, when you pray the will, you're praying in confidence and you're getting answers. Now, my Bible, I, I, I read the book years ago by, from a man named E.W. Kenyon, who died in 1948, these words. And I've always written these since then in every Bible that I get by this verse right here. And if you're taking notes, it would behoove you to write this down. This will really, 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 really help you. And whenever I'm praying, this always rises up in my spirit to know that I'm praying right. With this verse right here, i got this right beside it. Now listen to this. Prayer should be God looking down to earth as seeing a mirror reflecting his word back up at him. I'm going to read it again, so if you're writing it down, you can write it down. And this explains this verse. Prayer should be God looking down to earth as seeing a mirror reflecting his word back up at him. Seeing the word coming back up. So when God looks down and you're praying, he ought to see the word coming up. Because when the word comes up, you're praying the will because the word is the will. The word of God is the will of God. So when you're praying the word of God, you're praying the will of God. And when you're praying the will of God, says he's hearing. And says if he's hearing, he's answering. I want my prayers answered. You know, that guy that gave me that money last night, blessed me, blessed our church. That's because I pray the word. Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all of my need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Luke 6.38, Lord says, I give and shall be given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. When I'm praying and quote the word back to God, that God's looking down at me and answering my prayers. That's how this whole thing works. See, I'm talking to you out here tonight that want to know the will of God in your prayer life. When you're praying the word, you're praying the will. And I like the confidence part. It says we can have confidence. Our prayers are going to get answered. We can have confidence knowing that God's hearing instead of just, you know, I know so many times if a Christian doesn't know what to pray, they get frustrated. And so what do they start doing? They look around at the problems. They look around at the world. They will look around at the the lack, the poverty, the hurting, the fighting, the sickness, disease. They look at their own family situation. They look at the strife on their jobs. They look around. They look at how helpless they are to do anything to help themselves. And they'll start rattling off a list of complaints. Say amen or oh me. They'll start rattling off a list of complaints of what all is wrong, what all is bad. And finally they just give up. They'll just go, oh, what's the use? And quit praying. They wasn't praying. They just complaining to the wind. Amen. Might as well write a goofy letter to the editor. 
if anybody, if anybody reads newspapers anymore, or get on Facebook. I like what Dr. Barclay says, de-Facebook. Amen. You might as well complain somewhere because God's not listed for that. But when you look up to heaven, you look at your situation, you assess it, you see how bad it is, what's going on, and then you take the word of God that you know, or you find scripture, you look to heaven and say, Father, you know, in my life right now, this is going on, but it's not right. Here's what I want to happen. Your word says your will is. You want my family blessed. You want us in unity. You want harmony. You want my children serving you. You want love in my house. Lord, your word says in John 13, 34, and 35, you've given us a new kind of love. You said, by this love shall all men know we're your disciples. I want to thank you, Lord, for my family being a house filled with your love. You know what you're doing? You're reflecting the word back up. And God's looking down. You know what God starts doing? The mean people in your family, the mean because they're all frustrated with life and all messed up, he starts doing something to their hearts. And you know what he might do? He might have them stop for supper at Long John Silver's. He might have a preacher and his wife sitting there at Long John Silver's. And he might think, well, they need to hear what i got to say. i got to talk to somebody. Nobody else in here. My wife's not talking to me right now. So I'm going to go talk to these guys. And then, all of a sudden, the love of Jesus starts coming this couple sitting here and preaching. And then you come to find out, maybe this guy's got a brother or sister or got some kids that are born again praying, Lord, send the right people to talk to my dad. Send the right people to talk to my mom. Lord, because that's, that's Matthew chapter 9. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest. Send forth laborers to the harvest, people to witness to your loved ones. And so we were there last night, no doubt, because somebody reflected the Word of God back up to heaven and said, Lord, send somebody to talk to my family. And so, you know, you stop to think about it. If you haven't ate much for a week, Long John Silver is probably not the best thing to go eat. <laughs> but, but, when you're blessed of God, and God knows there's a divine appointment Long John Silver's, you're thinking all the other kind of stuff you can eat. You think, you know what? I won't go to Long John Silver's. And we ate it. We were blessed. He got blessed. And who knows? We may say, I've got to walk through this church. or one of his trips between Vegas and back. He might decide, I like this church. I'm moving to California. Amen. So what am I saying? I'm telling you, the Word of God works when you pray the Word. He says we have that confidence. And there's something else you need to write down. I got this off Gloria Copeland years ago, and I wrote this down too. Now listen to this. Write this down if you're taking notes. Faith begins where the word, well, where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. God's word is God's will. You can pray in faith when you know the will of God. You can pray for somebody's healing when you know the will of God. God's will is healing. God's will is peace in the home. God's will is your needs being met. God's will is for you being blessed in life. When you know that from the word of God, faith begins where the will of God is known. When you know the will of God, your faith just picked up. And when you pray the word, you're praying the will. And you can have confidence your prayers are getting answered. Is this helping anybody? I want you to get a hold of this. And you know, when I was praying for the service before I came over here, I was thinking about Jeremiah 3.15.
If you haven't noticed, I'm a Bible man. That's my main thing I got. I have the Bible, not my opinions. Because I know that when I stick with God's word, I'm sticking with God. And when I stick with God, God will back up his word. He won't necessarily back up my good ideas, but he will back up the word. Well, I was praying for the service tonight. I said, Lord, you've called me to be a pastor. And Jeremiah 3.15 says you'll give them pastors with your heart that will feed them with knowledge and understanding. I've reflected the word back up to God, but I'm praying. What is that word, Jeremiah 3.15? I said, Lord, tonight I yield to you to feed these people with knowledge and understanding. And so then what does God do? He puts his anointing on me. In answer to his word, I had confidence to pray. I'm anointed to feed the people here tonight with knowledge and understanding. I prayed the word right back up to heaven. And I got confidence that God's used me tonight to feed you. I have confidence tonight. I'm not just going to put scriptures out there only, but understanding is going to come to your heart. Tonight, something in your heart is going to say, I never thought of that before. I never saw it that way before. Something's going to say on the inside of you, i got to change how I'm praying. I have been praying. I've been whining. I have been praying. I've been complaining. i got to change what I'm doing. I'm going to start finding Bible verses and pray Bible verses for this. And when I do that, I've got confidence God's going to answer my prayers. Amen? And so that's what I'm doing is praying the Word, preaching the Word after I prayed the Word. And so we know that the Bible is God talking to us. And especially something you've got to get a hold of is that the New Testament mainly is what you want to feed on for your substance from the Word of God. The Old Testament is, is written primarily to Jews, and some of it transcends to us, and it's written to sinners, a lot of it. To tell sinners, you know, how bad they are, they've got to get right with God. There's so much in the Old Testament tells sinners, get right, get right, get right, you're in trouble. But then after you're born again, the epistles, the epistles, Right after, right after uh, the Gospels are written to Christians only. The Gospels are primarily written to the Jews. After Jewish people. After non-born again people. People weren't born again yet. That's why Jesus said so many times, said, there's a lot of things, he said in John. He said, there's a lot of things I'd like to explain to you, but you can't understand them yet. And then after the cross, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Then after the cross... When salvation become available through the new birth for Christians, the Spirit of God moved from the outside to the inside. At the new birth, the Holy Spirit came in. And then Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. John 14, 26, John 16, 13, he told us about the Holy Spirit, said he would teach us, he would show us, he would show us the future, because he said, the Holy Spirit is on you, but he shall be in you then. And so when the Holy Spirit came in us, then we begin to understand things. That's why Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. That's why Paul, in the epistles, could tell us things that nobody could be told before because God moved from the outside to the inside of believers. So the epistles are written only to Christians. And so you need to study the epistles to find out, like the Helper Bibles a while ago, my Bible, I can have what it says I can have, do what it says I can do, I am what it says I am. We weren't new creatures in Christ in the Old Testament. We weren't born-again believers in the Gospels. We got born again after Jesus rose. Then the epistles were written. Does this make sense to you? You see this here? And so we need to study the epistles to find out who we are. We need to study the epistles to find out what we pray, because things are different now on this side of the cross. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, 
in talking to you about prayer and the word, Ephesians 1, verse 3, written to New Testament believers, which is who we are, says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, has means past tense, he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. In the new birth of Jesus Christ, God has blessed us, past tense, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And I want you to look at verse 9. Having made known unto us, having made known unto us, past tense, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, the hidden truths of his will. Well, that's what First John 5 is talking about. It says if we're praying his will, then we're praying the answer. So he says he's blessed us already past tense with everything we need in the spirit. But then he says here he's made known already the mystery of his will. It's in the word. When Paul wrote these things out, when James wrote these things out, when Peter wrote these things out in the New Testament, that's the will of God been revealed by the Holy Spirit to New Testament believers. And so in verse 3, I want you to see this again. I'm not going to get deep on you. I'm going to keep this simple for you. He said, we've already been blessed, already been blessed with all spiritual blessings. And I hope you're taking notes. I want to give you another nugget. I say this all the time because God gave it to me years ago this way. I want to say it to you again. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. We've already been blessed with everything you need. He said it right there. Been blessed with everything in the Spirit. And so our thing is to get it out of the Spirit into our life. You know, there's a sermon that I'm probably going to be preaching Sunday from the kingdom of God. But he says in the kingdom of God whom we belong to, there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And so, if you want to be right with God, says you already are the Spirit, you got to pour it out and walk in it, and then it's called holiness. We're righteous, but we're supposed to live holy. So we live right according to the Word, then we're living a holy life. Amen. There's peace. Galatians 5.22 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We've got that in the Spirit. Amen. You don't have to lay awake at night tossing and turning. If you've got a court case coming up, you don't have to be wondering, worried what's going to happen. If you're facing deadlines on bills and you're about to get in big trouble, you have to toss and turn. He says, peace is in there. He said, I've already blessed you with it. You've got to pull it out. Healing's in there. I've already blessed you with it. You've got to pull it out. He says, made no doubt it's a mystery of the will. And then, because I want to keep on moving a little bit, if you go a little bit further, uh, starting here in verse 16, then it begins to tell you how to pray. He says, pray for the spirit of wisdom revelation that the eyes of your understanding be opened. What are eyes supposed to be open to see? To see these mysteries that belong to us. They talked about in verse 3, blessed of all spiritual blessings. And let me show you what that means real simple because I kind of think it might be getting over your heads. That's not the purpose. Ephesians 1.3 says we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings already. In other words, God says I've already given it to you. So, so many times we're asking in the wrong way. Okay, here's what the Lord told me. I couldn't tell him this way down in Nicaragua. I had to adjust my notes to be able to tell it back in the United States. Because in Nicaragua, most of the people we talked to, uh, probably a lot of them never even ridden in a car. Uh, a pastor down there that I really hooked up with really strong, he, a matter of fact, he's an engineer for the water company. I didn't know they had a water company down there. But anyway, he's got a little motor scooter and so he's pretty prosperous for his area. He's got a motor scooter. He didn't even have a car and has to haul his family around a little motor scooter. There's whole families down there 
they got on little bicycles, handlebars, crossbars, and get people hanging every which way, trying to get from one place to one place. So I couldn't talk to them about your car because they don't have a car. But I can talk to you about a car because you have cars and you know what cars are. And so anyway, here's what the Lord said to me one time. And what he's talked to me is, is, is the fact that I didn't know how to do what he gave me the example to do. So it really made sense to me and probably a lot of you will make sense. I don't think we have any of our super mechanics here. We got Frank there. Frank, Frank was a super mechanic. Now he's kind of backed off a little bit, but we have some mechanics. How many here have heard the term for something for your car engine called a serpentine belt? Serpentine belt. Okay, what the serpentine belt is, back in the old, back in the old days when I was a little younger, there wasn't such a thing. We had all kinds of fan belts did everything, just little bitty old fan belts. Now they got one giant thing called the serpentine belt that comes across your engine and hooks onto every little thing in your engine to make your car work. If the serpentine belt comes off, your car goes nowhere. It can't cool. The generator, alternator can't charge the car. Air conditioner can't work. That serpentine belt is a little simple thing, but it's a major thing. And when you know how to put it on, which I've learned how to put it on now, since God told me this story, then it's real easy to do. But if you don't know how to put it on, you're puzzled. And so the Lord told me, now listen to this. I'm going to, I, I know in the spirit, there's going to be some light bulbs go off in your heads right down in your hearts. Have you ever seen a cartoon, either a picture or a cartoon, but all of a sudden a guy goes, ding, he's a little light bulb right there. They, the light went off. Okay, when well, the Lord told it to me this way several years ago, the light went off. And I saw this. This pertains to your praying. The Lord said this to me. He said, if you've got a serpentine belt already, because you've already bought one, that's laying there by the car, and you need the serpentine belt on your car, said, if you're praying, Lord, give me a serpentine belt. Oh, God, give me a serpentine belt. Oh, Lord, I claim a serpentine belt. Oh, I claim a serpentine belt. Oh, Lord, oh, Jesus' name, give me a serpentine belt. He said, you're praying the wrong prayer. You got one. He said, the prayer is this. Lord, send somebody to put that on for me. Or Lord, send somebody to teach me how to put that on. I've got it. Send somebody to show me how to put this on. Or Lord, get the information in my hand, get something off of Google, get an automobile repair book, get something where you can read the, read the instructions. Here's how to put a serpentine belt on. He said, you've got the belt. Why are you praying for the belt? You don't need the belt. You've got it. He said you need to pray for the knowledge or somebody to teach you how to do it. So right now, based upon that verse, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, God said he's gave you always everything you're ever going to need. People are crying out for so many things that belong to them. Peace belongs to you. You just got to know how to put it on. Healing belongs to you. You just got to know how to put it on. Amen. Deliverance belongs to you. You don't have to be addicted to anything. It belongs to you. You've already been blessed. You've already been blessed, past tense, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. You don't need to pray for the blessing. You need to pray for the wisdom of how to put the blessing on. You need to pray for the knowledge. That's the will of God. He said, you pray the will, you're praying in confidence. If you're praying in confidence... God hears. And when God hears because you're praying the will, then you've got the answer and you rejoice then. Amen? 
Is this getting through to anybody? Does anybody see something going on in your hearts, in your heads? You're getting something going on with you. Think, wow, I've been asking this all the time, but according to God's will, he said he's already done it. I just need to know how to use it now. Amen. Can you imagine that? Since somebody's sitting there on the side of the road with their car, they got a park there. They're crying out, hey, can anybody give me a park? Anybody give me? They're looking at it. Well, there's a the new box right there. It says right on there, O'Reilly Parts. That you've got it. What are you praying that for? What are you crying out for? You need a mechanic. You need somebody to help you see what to do. And so, so many times in life, I deal with Christians that have been saved for years and years and years and years. And they're crying out. Why can't I be blessed? I said, well, Ephesians 1.3 says you are. You got everything that belongs to you. I remember one time back in Indiana years ago. Man, we had this, I don't know what to say except a nice way. Except a uh, guy that chose to be a loser. That's the best way. You know, we had this girl went to our church. She was in her 20s. And she had this husband that chose to be worthless. That's, I guess, by choice. So I'm not, that's what he chose. He chose to be worthless. He, he chose to be lazy and not to work, take care of his family. He chose to be a whiner because he chose to. And I remember we came out of church one Wednesday night. And his wife had come in there for probably six months. And this guy would never come in the church. And his wife came and got more and more peace, more and more blessed, where she wasn't depressed anymore. Come there, she was really, God was working in her life. <laughs> we come out of church one night, and uh, the guy was a nice enough guy, just old hillbilly in Morgan County down in Indiana. Come out one night, remember that night? He sat there hanging around the front porch of the church, and he looked at us, he said, well, I wish I could have what you guys had, have. Okay, I said, Junior, you can have it, just come on in. <laughs> I said, all you have to do is come in. You come in and hear what she's hearing. You can get what she's getting. You just have to make the choice. Walk through that door and sit down. Nobody's going to stare at you. Nobody's going to boo you. Nobody's going to condemn you. Just come on in, sit down. The water's fine, man. Let's go swimming. Come on in. Amen. And so that's, that's what I'm telling you, that God is no respecter of persons. He is a respecter of faith in his word. Amen. And so when we see these things here, your prayer, your praying needs to change. You got to quit asking and begging and start speaking up to heaven and tell heaven your word says. And then begin to turn your whining into praising. Hey, man, doing better preaching than you are shouting. Man, I, I'll tell you what, I'll bet you down in Nicaragua I could have got those people going. Man, especially when I got Henry standing beside me over here doing his animation. Man, I'll tell you what, me and Henry got to do some preaching to you in our, in our native languages. Man, you're going to like that. Woo! Uh, tell you what, I want to look at about one more verse to show you how to put this on. Look at Mark chapter 16. And I told one of my good ones down there, and they really appreciate it. Dylan, those people down there, let me tell you this. This, this, you'll like this. Down there, if you ever get to go with us, you'll see it firsthand. All the people are with us, they've seen it. Matter of fact, I took some pictures this one place was at. It's just so amazing. You'd, you'd never believe this still goes on. So primitive. At a house, took a picture of house these people cooking, took a picture at this church these people cooking. They gather sticks. And things from over the jungle. And they got these iron pots. This is their cooking for breakfast, dinner, and supper, whatever they eat. 
Have they have these fires going? Have they put these pots over them? And whatever they gather up to cook and throw in this, and throw, they, they cook on fire with wood they get out of the jungle and gather around. That's how they cook their stuff. So when I preached this one night, I get ready to tell something good like him right now. I said this, and Henry, my interpreter, stand right here. He said, Pastor said, if this don't light your fire, then your wood's all wet. <laughs> and they got it. So I'm telling you right now, I'm getting ready to show you a couple verses if this don't light your fire, your wood's all wet. Amen. That means you're just not listening then. Mark chapter 16, this, verse 17, 18, 19, 20. We'll be closing down here real quick because I can't go much longer for time's sake. These signs shall follow them that believe. This is not a setup. We're not going to ask you for money or anything like that. If you're a believer, don't be ashamed of it. Hold your hands up if you're a believer. Amen. Hold your hands up real high. Okay. In my Bible, I wrote beside this verse right here then. These signs follow them that believe. I wrote, this means me because I'm a believer. So right now, Jesus Christ is getting ready to talk to you because you're believers. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents that drink any day things shall hurt them. But this is the part I want to get to. If you're a believer, he said, when you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. They shall recover. And so what's the will of God when believers lay hands on the sick? What's the will of God? They shall recover. I can have confidence when I pray because Jesus told me. His will, He told me. He said, when believers lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Quick testimony. Down there in Nicaragua, Katie Brady one morning, he was getting ready to go out to the places and preach to people and do stuff. Cindy, was you in the room when I laid hands on her that day? Or he in the kitchen when she had the sinus thing? Okay, you saw it happen. Katie Brady came up to me in the kitchen, was getting ready to go out and get on the bus to go to our places. And Katie Brady, well, she's up there singing on the praise team. I know one of those little girls up there singing. She's in youth right now. But Katie Brady said, Pastor, my sinus is really bothering me. They're really messed up down here in the jungle. And said, I've already prayed, but you lay your hands on me in agreement. Said, I need a booster shot. We call that a booster shot sometimes. You don't get anointing from another believer, from a pastor. And so I laid my hands on her, and I started quoting these scriptures and other scriptures, because that's the confidence I have. If I pray his will, I have confidence he hears. And if he hears, I have confidence he answers. I laid hands on her. I begin to pray, speak those words out, and all of a sudden, okay, okay Pastor, I got it. there. It is. It's all gone. It's all gone. It's out of here. It's gone. Oh, I can breathe. Oh, I can breathe. My nose is closed up. I can breathe. Get, you can clap. You can clap. That did not happen because I'm a pastor. That happened because I'm a believer. I am a pastor. But I'm a believer before I'm a pastor. You know, there's some pastors that have a title, but they're not even believers yet. I've met some of them. Anyway, when I prayed, she got answered. She got the answer. She got healed because of this word right here. And so that's how you pray. That's how you pray the will. But I want you to notice then, verse 20, they went forth and preached everywhere. Now look at this. The Lord working with them and confirming what? Confirming the word with what? Signs following. You know what signs following mean? That means answers. A sign followed me at Long John Silver's last night. I give money to people. I help people. 
I'm a tither, means I give 10% of my income to God in the offering. I give 10% to Him, but also I give money to people to help them when I can. You know, I give $5, $10, $20. I've helped make people's house payments before. That's not any kind of bragging or anything like that. In other words, Luke 6, 38 says, Give it, it shall be given unto you. I qualify. I give to men. And then he has men give back to me because I qualify. That's called confirming the word with signs following. And so when I lay hands on people in the name of Jesus, they get healed because the Lord's working with me confirming the word with signs following. And so it closes down to this. You as believers... Raise your hand to give your believer. Let's just make sure we're talking to the right crowd. Okay, you are believers, and this is the confidence you can have in God. For 1 John 5, 14, 15, that if you ask anything according to His will, and you know what somebody just said? I heard this in the Spirit. Somebody just said, I've got to wipe out most of my prayer because I've been praying wrong. Thank you, Jesus. My prayer was after night. I fed you with knowledge and understanding because you said I've got to wipe off my list. I've been praying. I haven't been praying. I've been murmuring. I've been complaining. I've been whining, but it hadn't been prayer. So now, as you wipe off that ugly list you used to have and replace it with praying the Word of God, this is the confidence we can have in Him. As you're praying the Word, you're praying the will. When you're praying the will, He's hearing. And say, if you know that He's hearing, you know that He's answering. I will tell you what, we're going to have some testimonies in this church coming out tonight's service. Could be some people see some things happening. And you know what, you know the bad thing about it? Some of your Christians' friends are going to say, ain't she so lucky? And you know what? You're going to have enough spiritual sense to say, that wasn't luck, that was God. That was God because He honors His Word and He honors faith. So I want to say it one more time in the closing. Once you've prayed the Word, turn it into praise. Once you've prayed according to God's will for what it is you're praying about, then the next time when you're tempted to doubt, and start down your wine list, not drinking wine, your whining list. I hope you're not drinking. Then you just start saying, Lord, I want to thank you. You heard me when I prayed. I prayed according to your word, Lord. You said, believers, I have sick, they shall recover. I've laid hands on my daughter. I've laid hands on my son. I've laid hands on my mother. I laid hands on my sick uncle, Lord. He said, believers, lay hands on they shall recover. So, Lord, I'm not going to pray that again. I'm going to thank you. I've laid hands on them. The hell anointing of God's working in their body, Lord. I want to thank you for that. And then you get the bad report back. Hey, it doesn't look too good for Uncle So-and-so. Then instead of whining and playing again, pray it again. Say, Lord, I want to thank you. I laid hands on Uncle Bill. I laid hands on Uncle Jose. Lord, I want to thank you. I laid hands on them. And according to your word... You said they shall recover. So I want to give you the praise, Lord. Your word says it, and I want to thank you for it. You know what you've done? You've just got to answer prayer. Because that's the word of God. So the word of God is the will of God. You pray the will of God. You pray the word of God. You get the answers from God. Amen. Amen. I don't really think way to shut this thing off except zip it up. Stand up. <laughs> Amen. I got blessed tonight. Amen. And so, as we close... Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.